Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. But again, it's Sunday morning. Let's be optimistic about the future, a future that will not have Donald Trump in the White House. One way or another, 10 months from now, we will have an election if we don't have him removed sooner. But again, he will be impeached forever. Dear Lord, what kind of tough talk is this? Honestly, it's, it's, he's, he's, one way or another, he's going to be out of office. No. No, he's not. He's not. That's the whole point. That's the point we're trying to get through to you, Speaker Pelosi. You failed. Your impeachment gambit totally, totally failed. You're going to be handing in the articles to the Senate this week. Why? Because you couldn't get the Senate to do anything you wanted to do. You could not move them at all. You couldn't get them to give in on a single subject. And it's not just me saying it, my good people. Uh, this is Rachel Bade on CNN. As well, Rachel, I want to begin with you. You heard the speaker say that uh, she actually did gain a lot by holding up these articles of impeachment uh, for three weeks. A lot of skepticism on Capitol Hill. Yeah, definitely. I think it's she's clearly putting a positive spin on what a lot of Democrats have privately said was a failed strategy. I mean, she and Chuck Schumer, the minority leader in the Senate, set out to, number one, try to get a commitment from McConnell on witnesses, first hand witnesses to have them testify in a Senate trial. She also said she wanted to see a resolution uh, uh, about, you know, how the whole proceedings would be governed. She got neither of those. She got nothing. Nothing. Because she actually thought she could pressure cocaine Mitch. I love cocaine! And nothing pressures cocaine Mitch. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. This was Chuck Schumer. This was Chuck Schumer on how it would only be, this is the only way impeachment proceedings would be acceptable in the Senate. But if you're afraid of the facts, if you're afraid of what would come out, if you want to cover it up, even in something as weighty and serious as impeachment, you say no witnesses and no documents. We say witnesses and documents, fair trial. No witnesses and no documents, cover up. That simple sentence describes it all. Does it? Does it really describe it all? You put up the witnesses we want, you put up the documents we want, and then it's okay. Who are you to decide whether it's okay? Who are you to even begin to make this call? Oh, by the way, how many documents, how many witnesses? If we give you a thousand documents and a hundred witnesses, is that enough? Or will you decide, well, we really wanted 101 witnesses because it was that extra witness that would have made our case. But those wascally Republicans, they wouldn't give it to us. No, they would not. This whole thing failed so epically. Put an end to the idea that Speaker Pelosi is tough and strong and a master legislator and all of it. She got played by Representative Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, and Rashida Tlaib. The new class is tougher. She got forced into impeachment. It was back in March 2019 where she was saying she didn't want it. This was a bad idea. You want the exact quote? I've got it. I come prepared. Impeachment is so divisive 
to the country that unless there's something so compelling and overwhelming and bipartisan, I don't think we should go down that path because it divides the country and he's just not worth it. It wasn't bipartisan. It was only bipartisan against impeachment. It was not bipartisan for impeachment. She knew it because she is bright. Oh, no, we're not talking about her on policy here. We're talking about whether or not she understands her job as a member of Congress, and she does. She's able to whip the vote. She's able to fundraise. She has skills. They should not be denied because you don't like her. And she went against her own thoughts. She went against her own mind because she couldn't keep control of Ocasio-Cortez and Omar and Tlaib. And she couldn't keep control of the people who run those committees. She couldn't keep control of Schiff and Nadler. They wanted to endear themselves to the new guard. And they are understand what's happening here. This is a power shift. Ocasio-Cortez and Tlaib and Omar are the not-too-distant future leadership. And even if you argue, dude, man, they may not even make it to second terms. Tlaib will totally make it to a second term. Omar is a big question. And of course, Ocasio-Cortez might be a question. Do you think they're giving up? Cortez has raised over $5 million. She won't give any of the money to the DCCC, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. She's keeping it for herself, and she's supporting Democrats who are primarying other Democrats because she's supporting the real progressives. She's building her own apparatus. She's supporting Bernie Sanders and she's fundraising off of it. She referred to the fact that in any other country, Joe Biden and her would not be in the same party. Can you really draw a line of distinction between Joe Biden and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? It's not about policy. It's about attitude. It's about speed, how fast they want to go. So here she has the the new guard that she can't control. She's got her own uh, committee members, committee chairman she can't control. And of course, the voter. You told the American voter, your progressives, for two and a half years that President Trump colluded with Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. Spoiler alert, he did not. And you've been telling him for three years. Three years you've been telling these people that Trump is evil, that Trump is awful, that Trump is the devil, that Trump has to be destroyed. Do gotta go. You've been telling them that for three plus years well, now they want their blood. And here you are, you're going to come in and say, well, we can't do that. You're not tough. You're not strong. Your strength has been sapped. You could not control the party. You didn't listen to your own advice. And you underestimated the bloodlust of your creation, which is the progressive voter. So you got all three of those things and Trump's possible coattails, by the way, the only really real victims of your impeachment gambit will be your party's control of the House and her spe- her speakership. That's it. That is it. It is bad for Nancy Pelosi. Absolutely bad. And she did herself no favors when talking about Iran and the protests going on right now. We get that we're seeing now demonstrations in the streets of Iran against the regime. Do you support those protesters and would it be a good thing if they brought the regime down? Well, the regime, the protesters are are protesting, as I understand it, this brand of protesters about the fact that that plane went down and many students 
uh, were on that plane, and these are largely students in the street. I think the Iranians should have not had commercial flights going off when there they're was... They're calling a, at the regime for lying. They're saying death to Khamenei as well. Yeah, well, whatever it is. But the fact is this. The, the, there were protesters in the streets before against the regime. After the taking out of Soleimani, there were protesters in the street joined together, as you know, against us. That wasn't good. Can we stop for just a moment? What is it like to hate someone so much that you're willing to spin yourself into that this level of evil? The protesters who are going against Iran right now are actual protesters. They're the actual Iranians, the Persians, if you will, who want to live in a free nation, who don't want the Ayatollah, who don't want this nonsense. They want to be able to live their lives. They sure as bloody hell don't want to be executed because they're gay, which is what happens in Khomeini's uh, Iran. And here she is saying these protesters, whatever, whatever they're protesting for, the real problem is that an airliner was allowed to fly? No. The real problem is that the airliner was shot down by the Iranians. This was a Ukrainian airliner. 176 people on board, all dead, shot down by the Iranians. The Iranians first said they didn't know what happened. Then they wouldn't share the black box with Boeing. Then they said, oh, it was shot down, but it wasn't us. Then they said, well, yeah, it was us. And the people said, screw this. There are a lot of 80 plus Iranians on board. They're protesting. There was a moment where somebody had laid out very large American and Israeli flags. And you know what the protesters did? They walked around them. They won't step on the flag as the Iranians often show us they want to do when they're chanting death to America. They always chant death to America. That's not the people. Those are the stooges. So when you talk about the protest against America after the death of Soleimani, that's what's staged. You take a look at these protests, that's what's legit. You take a look at the protests last month, where by some standards, a thousand plus people were killed by the Iranian regime. Internet was cut off so the truth couldn't get out. Same thing's happening now. Same thing is happening now. And here's Nancy Pelosi, so incapable of just noting it and noticing it and saying it for what it is because she has to spin it to somehow be anti-Trump. Speaking of President Trump, he took to the Twitter box. Hello. Hey, sir. How are you? How you doing? President Trump tweeting out to the brave, long-suffering people of Iran, I've stood with you since the beginning of my presidency and my administration will continue to stand with you. We are following your protests closely and are inspired by your courage. He issued it again in Farsi, the language of Iran. He also told the Ayatollah not to kill uh, protesters, to allow the reporters to do their job. I have said a million times in my life, a million times, that during the Green Revolution under the days of Barack Obama, when Iranians were standing up for themselves, we didn't have to send in troops. I'm not in favor of a military escalation. He could have put on a green tie to symbolize the Green Revolution taken to the podium and said, we support freedom and we support the people who search and seek out freedom. And when they do, they should know they will always have a friend in the United States. To give that support to the Iranians would have meant a great deal. And he didn't do it. Trump did. Donald Trump did. Donald Trump is a better man than Barack Obama every day of the week and twice on Sunday, and certainly a better president. 
Oh, I'll take that up with anyone, anywhere, anytime. Oh, he's a ruffian? Oh, he says some mean things? Oh, he tweets some bad things? Okay. He's not as smooth? He can't sing Amazing Grace as well? You got me. But I'm not looking for a boyfriend. I'm not looking for a gentle lover. I'm not interested in somebody who will be the nice, firm, yet supple outside spoon. I'm looking for a leader who will take on an enemy and kill a terrorist when necessary, not have to wait for the third shot. What are you looking for? What is it that you want? You want a leadership that wants to say, see, the problem with the 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 uh, the shooting down of that airliner is that, you know, the airliner should not have been allowed to fly. No, the problem is the shooting down of the airliner. And you think you want you, you could trust the Iranians, this leadership with a nuclear weapon? You could not look worse than Speaker Pelosi looks right now. Then the political left looks right now. They wanted to make the argument that killing Qasem Soleimani, the general, who is a terrorist, by the way, is wag the dog. Wag the dog being the expression that when you try and distract people from what's going on with something else, war is always a wag the dog uh, kind of situation. So let's make an argument, shall we? Let's go down this road that that's exactly what Donald Trump was doing. I don't agree with this at all. I'm going down a road with you just to get to the next place. Let's say this is exactly what Donald Trump did. He engaged in the attack uh, on the the Iranian-backed militants. The Iranian-backed militants then attacked the embassy. He then killed Soleimani. Do you think President Trump was wagging the dog by arranging the attack on our own embassy? Do you really and truly believe that? But let's go to number two. If indeed the killing of Soleimani was wagged the dog, and you, the Democratic Party, were convinced of this, Why wouldn't you just say that? Why wouldn't you say that? Instead, you made it sound like the Iranians were the ones who were noble. You made it sound like this leadership group are the ones who matter. You made it it sound like they're the ones. You, You referred to it as assassination? You referred to it as, you, you, you lied about President Trump being at fault for the shooting down of this airliner? You can't even get yourself to admit that Soleimani was a bad guy. You want proof? Here you go. We're gonna need a Sometimes you need a little proof, right? You need to have a, a good gathering of facts in order to prove that the Democratic Party today can't even accept that Soleimani was a bad guy on its face. It all, well, you see, he was, but... Soleimani was responsible for the deaths of hundreds of American troops and thousands of innocent lives throughout the region, but he was not the whole of the regime. There is no question that Soleimani had American blood on his hands, that he was a bad actor in the region, but if there is anything that we have learned... Soleimani is a person with American blood on his hands. But we also know that this guy was sinning. Was a bad news guy, but he was a ranking official. No illusions about Soleimani. He was a terrible person. Did bad things. But it's- Soleimani was a bad guy. Uh-huh. Uh, but the- Soleimani is an evil man. He has absolutely ordered the murder of hundreds of Americans, but... Good Lord. There's no but! There is no but. There is nothing else that comes after the statement, Soleimani is terrorist! 
What's it like to hate somebody so much that you could actually say things like this? Soleimani was a malignant and dangerous character. but Soleimani has been a threat to America and Americans and our allies for a very long time. However, undoubtedly, General Soleimani was a very bad man. But Soleimani is certainly a, a murderous individual. Uh, but there- Soleimani was a bad guy. There's no question about that. But we- This is an awful person. However, Soleimani was a, 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 uh, a terrorist. So no one's going to lament his death. But Nancy Pelosi failed on impeachment and her party, which wanted to make the case about Wag the dog, instead finds themselves defending a terrorist. We use the expression here and and please, you'll, you'll know I'm right the minute I say it and you'll start using it in your life and it's true. The political left always overplays their hand. Always, always, always. Even when they're winning, even when they have the winning argument, they go to the place that no rational person goes. Soleimani was bad but didn't deserve it? He was a terrorist who was responsible for the death of over 600 Americans and the injuring of thousands, but you know, we still shouldn't have done it? That's your argument? I've talked about guys like Ian Bremmer of Time Magazine. His response is, we didn't have to kill Soleimani, but this is, this is also okay. It was Trump acting decisively. Notice none of the Democrat politicos are saying that because what Bremmer's doing is he's having a conversation. What the politicos are doing are piling on to blame Donald Trump for what we're seeing today. Trump did not bring about the Iranian regime. Trump did not bring about the problems of the Iranian regime. What he's doing is taking on the Iranian regime. And you know where that plays? Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Name your swing state. That's where it plays. You know what doesn't play there? Democrats trying to defend the Iranian regime and Nancy Pelosi playing politics with impeachment. This has been a very bad 2020 for the Speaker of the House. Luckily, she only has to worry about that for another 12 months. I'm Tony Katz.